Good afternoon. Well, not quite. But uh, that was a beautiful song that our sister sang about scars that mend and wounds that heal. And that's what happened at Calvary to heal us. So let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you that your, your love for us is the reason that you accepted those scars and those wounds. That your blood that was spilled at Calvary has healed us from our sins. And we thank you this morning. We ask that you'd be with us, Lord. That you'd bless this message. And we pray that if anyone today has walked through these doors and has not been healed by the blood of Christ, that today they will ask him to heal them. We pray this in your name. Amen. Let's go to uh, John. Guys are always stealing my messages. Jeff is mentioning the, the verse that I am sharing today. Another brother said, what about the fishing? What about Jesus casting in that on the other side? I'm thinking, well, come on. Leave my message alone. And then uh, we go to the... We go to the lake, and the first day we have a devotion, and I guess it's appropriate having a devotion about fishing. You know, and Jeff goes into his, uh, somebody goes into their palm and they search, and they go to John 21, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, again. And they shared about this, this portion of scripture, and I've been meditating on it for a long time, for a few weeks, and was going to cover a lot more. But there's so much in the first few verses that I pray that the Lord would bless us with a message that is so simplistic, but just so grand. Chapter 21 of the book of John says, afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not recognize or did not realize that it was Jesus. He called to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. And I went on, but I couldn't stop uh, earlier when I studied this, but I, I had to stop there because this story is a really incredible story. And that portion, I didn't really, I couldn't leave it. Um, Ironside, when he was talking about just scriptures in general, and the men and the women in the Bible, he said something that was really great. He says, in relating to life stories of men and women in the Bible, they give us 
Not only the evidence of love and devotion, which we hear and we love to hear that stories of love and devotion. You know, a man or a woman of God loving God, faithful to him, walking upright, devoted to him. But it also gives us something of mistakes and, and sins of the friends of God. In the Old Testament and the disciples of our Lord Jesus in the new. And he says the reason he believes it is that we can learn how to avoid their failures as well as imitate their virtues and follow them as they follow Christ. I thought, amen. That's what the scriptures is. That's what it's all about. It's great to know the right road. Praise God for those men and women who walk the right road. But there are mistakes made throughout the scriptures as well. And they are warning signs saying this is not the road to take. And I pray that this morning, this portion of scripture would help us to see something that would help us not to take the wrong road. It's a great story. And and I wanted to stay on the first verse of this scripture because it says that Jesus revealed himself to the apostles. Think about that. Adam and Eve eat the apple. God revealed himself to them. Didn't he? He walked around looking for them. Revelation. I came. I'm coming to my children. He revealed himself to them. What's happening? What did you do? What was his interest? What was he interested in doing? He was interested in one thing. Restoration. Right then. They had eaten the apple and now sin was dwelling in their hearts and lives. And God comes and reveals himself. Where are you? Where are you? For what reason? To blast them? No. To love them. To restore them. To tell them, you blew it. But I have a way. So think about this as we begin this. This story talks about men who would turn the world upside down. These men. It begins with Jesus manifesting and revealing himself to the apostles, helping them to catch fish. It also mentions that he prepared a meal for them. The king of kings served them a meal. And then in order to really understand it, then you have the restoration of Peter. And in order to deal with this, let's really look at his life. And we talk about, like I said, he he revealed himself to them initially. But I want you to think about the first thing that happened. You think about Christ and him being crucified. And you think about the fact that he was laid in a tomb. And then after that, he rose again. And you think about the fact that these apostles had seen him a couple of times after the resurrection. They'd seen him. They all ran. They left him. These are the same apostles that are fishing, seven of them. They're fishing. And I thought as I was out there fishing, you know, these guys are fishing away. And we had some good, good, good just communication and fellowship. But I'm thinking about the message. Out on the lake, fishing. And I thought, God, you're so good to me. 
because you brought me out on the lake so I could see something a little bit more, just a little bit more into what these men were thinking. Because I want us to think about what were they thinking that day? Their God, their Christ, the man they had walked with and been fed the truth of the gospel. Died on a cross. And was resurrected and they saw him. This is after they saw him. And then Peter says, let's go fishing. Peter's the one that said, let's go fishing. He says, I'm going to fish. And what do they say? I'm going with you. Can we go? And you think about these were experienced fishermen who had spent many years fishing. And you think about the fact that they were trained in fishing and they were trained by the Savior. And you think about the fact that Jesus had come to Peter and he had actually restored Peter. You know he restored Peter. In a way where he told Peter, I forgive you. He talked to Peter. I know he talked to Peter and said, you know, I forgive you. But what happened still? I'm going fishing. You ever thought about why he decided to go fishing? This is the man that was the rock. Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church. Do you think he thought about that? Do you think that that went through his mind? I want you to think about it. You can think about all the apostles because I believe those seven apostles were thinking about what happened with them. Their walk with Christ. How he affected their lives. And they're out on a boat fishing. And the great thing about fishing, and I know some of you have gone fishing, is when you catch nothing, it's discouraging. But what happens is, is your mind kind of wanders. Because when you cast out to catch something, and every single cast you catch a fish, your mind is floating and then directed to one thing. Bringing the fish in and the excitement of that. They casted the net over and nothing happened. They sat there. It says that it was night. I believe they went maybe when the sun was going down. And they watched the beauty of the sun setting. And they're casting the net. And what does the scripture say? It says they caught nothing. And I want you to think about something. Them catching nothing. They sat at the beach or at the the shore, uh, off the shore, in the boat for a long time. It was hours. But what was going on? Casting and casting and casting, but catching nothing. You know what it's like? It's like a life that is being lived without Christ. Where you cast and you cast and you try and you try and you try and it never works. You throw the net over. You throw out your desire out there. You have a, a, an idea. You have a goal and you try it. And nothing happens. You never get the fulfillment. And you think about a Christian. And you think about a Christian that knows Christ. And you think about a Christian that's been washed in the blood. And you think about how we can cast. Can't we? We can cast and have no catch. We can live our lives with no fulfillment as a Christian. 
We can live our lives with no joy, no satisfaction, no peace. But like the scriptures say, hold on to that thought. There's hope. There's hope. And I want you to think about this. They were thinking and they were talking. But I want to put the spotlight on Peter this afternoon. As Peter sat there and waiting for fish, with each hour passing, it became darker and darker for this man. The sun was going down on this man. And Peter is looking into the heavens and he sees the stars and the moon and everything shining. And Peter's mind starts to wander to the day he de- decided to deny the Savior. He wondered. He thought about that. Don't we think about things like that sometimes? When we're at the quiet time, when we're alone, don't we look at our life? Don't we evaluate things? Could we do that today? I think Peter said, how can I do such a thing? What happened to me? He's thinking. And I believe the tears start to well up in his eyes as he thinks about the three years he was with the Savior. He remembered the day that Jesus called him. And it was in Mark chapter 1. It says, as Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. He remembered that. He went back and he fast, he, he, he rewinded his life, the film. He turned the pages backward in the book of his life and he looked at it. He was looking at that day. He saw that day. He heard Jesus' voice saying, follow me. You're not a fisherman anymore. I want to make you a fisherman of men, a fisher of men. And you think that, you think about the life that Peter had, and you think how he, he talked to the apostles from time to time wondering, why are we here? What's going on? What's happening? And I believe that during that evening, he remembered how Jesus rescued him from a life of no real purpose. How he was shown answers to his deepest questions. I believe he thought about that. How Jesus told Peter that he would no longer fish for fish, but that he would fish for men. I believe that he thought, why am I here in this boat? What's going on? He remembered how Jesus loved people. I think he remembers looking into the face of people. He looked in the face of the leper as Jesus is healing the leper. He saw the leper. He saw the blind man. He saw the woman at the well. He saw the 5,000 who were fed. Peter saw them. He saw their faces. He looked at their faces and he saw that there was a joy there that the person never knew. There was a satisfaction there that they never really appreciated before. He saw about why Jesus came to this earth and how people were restored. But as he fast forwarded the tape and he looked further and looked at his life, he started to realize that things were going wrong. 
they started to go wrong. He didn't really do the job right. He started looking at his failure. He even saw the walking on the water. He saw the fact that he walked on water. And then Jesus rescued him when he took his eyes off of Christ. And then it keeps fast forwarding the film and he's looking at his life and he's and he sees that Jesus at one point predicted his denial. And if we can go to Matthew 26, we can see that Matthew 26. Verse 31. It says that Jesus told them this very night, you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep and the flock will be scattered. But after that, For after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. And Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Peter saw that. He remembered that. He remembered that that day he said that. And then you know what Jesus said. I tell you the truth. This very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the disciples said the same. And you think about that. He went back and he looked at that day. He looked at the day that Jesus told him he was going to deny him. He went back and he he looked at the day also that Jesus told him that... um, that he saw Jesus at Gethsemane, told him to pray. And he remembered that. Jesus said, can you pray with me? And he saw that. And he remembered that he couldn't pray for an hour. He remembered that Jesus found him sleeping. And oh, how it brought tears of grief to this dear saint's eyes. How would we feel if it were us? How would you feel if it were you that denied the Savior? How would it feel... And allow our minds to go back. And let's look at our lives truthfully. Let's evaluate our lives truthfully. Let's look really, really truthfully at each one of our lives. What are we doing now? What have we done? How are we living? He had time to really... Check his life out and think about what happened in his life. Do we do that? Today, can we do that? Peter did something that we can look at and say was horrendous. He denied Christ. He said, I will not deny him. I don't care if all fall away. I'm better than them. I'm the rock. I got it all under control. Don't worry about me. Even if they all drop the ball I won't drop it. And he dropped it. And that night at the lake, he's in a boat looking at his life and wondering what happened. As the hours go on, I want you to really think about that. He's looking at his life saying, what went wrong? I spent three years with this man. I saw him. 
face to face. I saw his love. I saw his kindness, his gentleness. I saw what he did to those people that he touched. Every person he came in contact with, he affected. He blessed. He encouraged. He helped. He restored. Every single person he came in contact with. Peter is saying, what happened to me, though? This is the man I rejected. And I want us to look at our lives right now. That same man that went to Calvary, that same man that had the bloody hands and feet inside, is the same man that rescued us, that set us free. He's the same man that we should look back on. And as our brother mentioned, as he was sharing Dawn to me, he said that, that Sylvia had a message and she mentioned about a tombstone. And on the tombstone, it mentions a day, a date, a beginning and a date of an end. And in the middle, there's a dash. She said, your life is a dash. Peter was looking at the dash that morning. And you know what the dash starts? Not when we're born, but when we're born again. The dash started then. That's when the walk started. And Peter walked with Christ. For three years, the beginning of his dash was up and down. But that dash he was looking at. How's your dash this morning? This is a message about a man who failed. But he loved Christ. This is about men who love God, love Christ, that were taught by him, that walked with him were touched by him, and they failed. But what about our lives? Did he touch you? Are you truly born again? Have you been rescued? Where's your dash? Has it begun yet? And if it has begun, look back, honestly. Let's look back. Let's do what Peter did on the boat. Let's evaluate from the time we were saved till now. What has happened? How are we been living? Truthfully, is the life the same here in church as it is on the job? When we walk out those doors and turn our car on and drive out of here with nobody with us in the car, is the life the same as it is when it's in here? Is it the same? Evaluate it. That's important. It was critical in Peter's for him to evaluate it, to look at his life, because he got to see the reality of what was going on in his life. The reality that he denied the Savior because he thought Peter was better than Peter really was. He thought Peter was somebody he wasn't. He thought Christ was here and Peter was maybe here. He didn't realize that he had to get down on his face before the Savior and realize that God's here and he's here. And that without God, he's nothing. Without the Lord, he is nothing. Without God's help, he is nothing. And as the night wore on, it got darker and darker. He looked in his heart and he said, I am a failure. But he loved me so much. He chops off the ear of the servant of the high priest. And he sees the master's eyes as the master goes to an enemy 
who's getting ready to kill him. And he goes and restores that servant's ear. And he looks at that and he says, oh, my God, I've been in the presence of the master for three years. And I denied him. I've been blessed by him and fed by him and taught by him and loved by him for three years. And I've seen him walk and walk and walk. And he's been consistent and he's the God of the universe. And I have failed him. I haven't done what I should have done. What do we say about that? What do I say about that? I look at my life and I say, what, a, what is my dash? I got saved 11 years ago. What is that 11 years filled with? What choices are, is it filled with? Have I denied him? Is anyone in this room, have you denied him recently? Have you looked at him and said, it's not important for me to put you first right now in my life? Have we looked at him and said, well, it's not really important for me to be committed today? Have we looked at him and said, well, serve him, I'll serve him later? Have we looked at the Bible and said it's not really important for me to read it today? Have we denied him? Have we been living a life out of fellowship with him? Have we been living comfortably? It's not Christ first. It's me first. It's not Christ's life. It's my life. Peter looked and he saw. He saw. He saw the truth about his true condition. Can we say that this morning? Can we look and see the true condition? Because one of the things that's very important to understand is that we were saved by a God who wanted to restore our lives. And he paid a high price to do that. He paid the price to restore our lives, first of all, so that we can have peace. He restored our lives so that we can have a relationship with him. He restored our lives because they were broken, without hope, without life. We were hurting. I came to him hurting. I came to him sad and broken. And he saw me as a little bird and he mended my wings. He said, go ahead, run, fly again. It's time to fly, fly. Have I taken out and cut the wings I'm now fluttering a little bit on the ground. Does anybody can say that? Are we doing that today? Because it's real important today that we understand about that dash. It's, it's, it's critical to understand about that dash. Our life with Christ right now, it's very important. You know how important it is? Somebody died for it. God died for it. He didn't say, I came to just rescue you so you can do whatever you want to do and that I can do whatever I want to do. He said, I came to give you life and have it more abundantly. To do what, though? To go fishing? Peter was out fishing. And I named this, uh, titled this message, The Rest of the Story, because there is a rest of the story. The rest of the story. When all seemed lost for him, when Peter looked at his life and didn't see any hope, 
didn't see any any light because it was all dark. And the tears were welling up in this man's eyes because he saw that he was a failure, that life really had no meaning, not real meaning. And then what happened? A little figures on the shoreline. He says, have you gentlemen, have you caught any fish, friends? Have you caught fish? And I think he says that today to us. Have you caught fish? Today, I think he says that to me and you. Are you catching fish? Does your life really have fulfillment? Are you really serving me? Are you really listening to me? Are you really living for me? Are you really doing my will? Is your life really benefiting anybody except you? That's a good thing for the heart to think about, to look at our lives and say, okay, that dash again. What's in that dash? What's happening? Peter saw it. And I tell you, Peter realized who he was that night. More so than ever before. He realized that he was a failure because he looked at it clearly and he saw he was a failure. But you know what's great is our God doesn't say just I leave you where you are. He does not leave us in the condition. He didn't leave Peter in that condition. He came to Peter and the apostles and said, have you caught any fish? Friends. And he says that to you and me today. Friends, is your life really being fulfilled in me? Are you really doing my will? Are you really living the life that I've called you to live? Are you serving me? Or when you turn the pages backward, even to last night, you see denial. Yesterday, denial. Maybe two weeks ago, denial. Maybe there's some sin in our lives. That's denial. We're not focused on serving him. Denial. We're not committed to giving our lives totally to him. Denial. We're not interested in what he wants in our lives. Denial. We're not asking him in the morning, Lord, Lord, it's not my life I want to live. It's your life. Denial. He wants us to say every day, whatever your will is, Lord, that's my will. He wants us to pray that every day. I don't care about my will. It's your will that I want to be done. Peter realized that because Peter's will was his will and his will got him into trouble. And he denied Christ three times and he saw the Savior. The Savior looked at him and he went away and he wept bitterly. I admire him for that, though. He wasn't like Judas who hung himself because he really didn't have remorse for what he did to the Savior. I think he had remorse because he was caught. He didn't really love Jesus. Peter loved Jesus and he wept bitterly. And I believe that night he wept and he wept and he wept. And God says, enough of that. The rest of the story is I'm here, Peter. I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to to heal you. I'm here to comfort you. I'm here to give you the desires of your heart. Just follow me. Just listen to me. I told you in the beginning. You will be a fish, fisher of men. I told you in the beginning, you have to follow me. Now I'm telling you at the end, follow me. And we all those that question and he asked him, do you love me? You already know I love you. He asked him again, do you really love me? Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, I love you. As he fell down on his face, as he groveled, groveled on the ground. Lord, you know I love you. And then a third time, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? And you know what? 
He says that he looked at Peter when Peter denied him. And I believe that he looked at Peter with love when Peter denied him. And that caused him to weep. And then when he restored Peter, when he says, you know, serve me, feed my sheep. He had the same look, the look of love. The same look he had seen Jesus give all those people that he had come in contact with, a look of love. He said to them, I love you. I came to restore you. And he restored Peter that day and sent him out into the world. And what did Peter do? He turned the world upside down. The rest of the story. The rest of the story is if you go to Acts, just turn the pages to make it easy. And you go to chapter four of Acts. You think about this man who, when a little servant girl came up to him and said to him, you know what? You were with him, a little servant girl. And Peter's just cringing because he's fearful, because Peter stuck on himself, because Peter doesn't realize that that he is God's man. He's thinking about Peter. He's he's in sin and he's hurting and he's fearful. But God said, there's another chapter in this book. You are looking at the chapters lived. But he says there's a rest of the story now. And the rest of the story is I am restoring you to Peter to your rightful position with me. I'm bringing you home. Stop weeping. And what did Peter do? The rest of the story contains this, the key to what Peter did. What happened after that restoration? It says that the, um, in verse 2 of chapter 4 that the priests, I mean, they're really looking at what Peter had done because Peter's out there just doing miracles. And chapter before that, he preached an incredible gospel and 3,000 people got saved. 3,000 people, because of his power and his love for Jesus, 3,000 people got saved. The rest of the story is now starting to change now. The new chapter in the book of Peter's life has evolved. And you look at chapter 4, and it says that they were greatly disturbed because of the apostles. They were upset with the apostles. Just like that little servant girl was upset. It's like, he's one. He's one. And Peter just frowns and, and, and can't handle what happened. And he denies Christ. But here it says that they seized Peter and John. And they had armies of men behind them. You know that. And what does Peter do? You go down to chapter or same chapter four, verse 12, it says salvation is found in no one else for is no other name under heaven and earth given to men by which we must be saved. And it says when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled men. Courage. Now, where did the courage come from? Why? What happened to Peter? What happened? He was restored. He was restored. And he says, it's not about Peter anymore. I understand I have to follow Christ. I understand what my job is now. Before I was stuck on Peter, stuck on Peter's will, stuck on doing what Peter wanted, stuck on thinking the way Peter wanted to think, 
stuck on doing it just the way Peter thought it should be done. And he realized it's not about Peter. It's about God. It's not about what Peter wants. It's about what God wants. It's about what Jesus wants. And Peter realized that and he turned the world upside down. What about me and you? What about me and you? Unschooled, ordinary men. Everybody in here, there's a lot of schooled men and women in here. I don't think I see any unschooled men or women in here. But I see some ordinary people. I'm ordinary. Just ordinary. And it turned the world upside down. And what do we say to that this morning? What do I say to that? What about the dash? What about the dash? What about the rest of the story? I was reading a quote by Abraham Lincoln. And it says, once President Lincoln was asked how he was going to treat the rebellious Southerners when they had finally been defeated and returned to the Union of the United States. The questioner expected that Lincoln would take a dire vengeance, but he answered, I will treat them as if they had never been away. Peter was treated, and the apostles like they never had been away. And he says that to us today. I want to treat you. I will treat you like you've never been away. But he says, return. Return to me. Come back to me. And that dash is our life. I was reading a story about a man who, who had a funeral. And at this funeral, he was taping a tape of himself. He played the tape. And he's talking about himself. This is what I've done. This is what I've done. I've done this, and this is who I am, and this is what I am, and this is what I am, and this is all this story about who he was. And it wasn't even the truth. He made up his dash. We can't make up our dash. God sees us, and he knows what the dash contains. And what do you want your dash to contain when we go to see him? What do I want my dash to contain? Should it be a life that's truly fulfilled? A life that's geared to serving him? To loving him? To being obedient to him? To doing whatever his will is for us because we're just ordinary people. But we're not just ordinary people. We've been saved by the precious blood of Christ, which has changed us into people who have a purpose. People who can change the world upside down. And let's be truthful this morning and look back at our lives and evaluate our lives. And if we have failures, let's come back to him. And he's willing to restore us. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you so much for the fact that you do love us. The fact that you are interested in restoring us. And we pray because that was... The reason you came initially is to restore a fallen race, to restore children who were lost, children of Satan, Lord, and you wanted them to be children of God. May our hearts all be truthful this morning, truthful to realize 
Are we really saved? Have we ever allowed the Savior to truly restore us to right relationship with him? And if we haven't done that this morning, Lord, we pray that today we would do that. That we come up to someone and let someone know here, our Pastor Adel, that we want restoration in our lives. That we want the Savior to be part of our lives. And if we've fallen away, he says, come home. He says, come back. He says, I want to restore your life so you can be used. And Lord, we just ask that this message would would just go into the hearts of your children and help us to have a dash, that little life that we have, that we live it for you, truly to you. And that you would be blessed, Lord, by us. And we ask you in Jesus' name. Amen.